Welcome to episode 18, 18 of the Authentic Mama podcast. This is my 18th week with you, and I've been getting really excited because people, if I I missed one week and somebody wrote me and said, hey, Amy, where was your podcast this week? And then I get random messages from people I don't know that are friends of whoever started and are really passing the word about the Authentic Mama podcast. So thank you so much for your support. Continue promoting and asking people to subscribe. The goal here is to encourage all of us mamas to be authentic and to root ourselves in Christ. And remember, parenting sometimes sucks, only sometimes, and Jesus always can help. So I'm so glad you're with me today for episode 18, and the title of this episode is, Nope, My Kids Are Not My Everything. They're not, they're not. Nope, my kids are not my everything. Coming right now. Life changes when you become a mom. It's unbelievable. It is like you are going one direction and a bomb goes off and you have to completely miss the crater and you are traveling west when you used to be going south. And this is the way it is when you become a mom. What happens because we have to take care of the babies, you know, the babies, they need your help all the time. You got to feed them and change them and all that stuff. (laughs) When you're taking care of the babies, they really do require a ton of your time. And even that, they're not really great conversationalists. So you may, when you're taking care of a baby, feel like, wow, I have not talked to an adult human in a while. And then you feel the guilt that comes in. How dare you need adult conversation? This precious gift of God has been given to you. You should be nurturing this baby. I just want to tell you mamas, whether you have babies or bigger babies, like my giant babies, it's okay to nurture your soul. We really get on a real dangerous ride, a dangerous slippery slope when we think we are only what we do. I'm a mom. I love being a mom. My three sons give me a lot of pride that they're going to mess up. I'm going to be embarrassed by them sometimes. They're not going to be perfect. And you know what? They're going to be embarrassed by me. I'm entering the preteen teenage life. I am the most embarrassing thing on the planet. Because yes, friends, if you don't know me in person, I am just as loud and inappropriate in person as I am on this podcast. It's not a whole heck of a lot different. And so here is this, am I just my role? Am I just a mom? You are a mom and it's important, but you're so much more than that. So I've seen, I've heard a lot of things where, I mean, there's probably a whole um, five Etsy stores on my kids are my everything. The most important thing is family. You can have anything in life, but family is the most important thing. And I will tell you, family is important. Your kids are important. The family that you came from is important. But the moment that you say to yourself, my kids are my everything, is the moment a part of your soul will die. 
because you have just believed that the entirety of who you are is based on a small version of yourself. That the ones that you gave birth to or the ones that you adopted or the ones in your household, the ones that are in your household have been placed in a position that is more important than you. Well, Amy, are you saying we need to be selfish? No, I'm just asking you to consider today that when you say my kids are my everything, that language usage is really telling. Because if my kids are my everything, that means that I'm not much. If my kids are my everything, I'm just a little something. And mamas, you are the leaders of your household. God has placed you as a leader in your household. And if you are one of the people in the world that subscribe to that lovely umbrella analogy of how a Christian household should be, where it's Christ, then the husband, and then the wife and children are under the umbrella. I just, I'm, that is, that is the biggest bunch of poo I've ever seen or heard of or listened to in my life. Okay. That umbrella analogy of Christian household needs to go in the garbage where it belongs. And if I lose some of you, I do. You are a leader. You are a leader in your house. God placed you as the mom. And what you've got to ask yourself is, okay, so I am the leader. And then I say, my kids are my everything. My kids are every breath I breathe. My kids are every, I live for my children. You have reduced yourself to tasks. You are just what you do. You are simply a slave to the to-do list and what needs to be done. And we have to be able to be a part of the equation in our families. We have to be standing up in our families and be a full participants, not just the servants, not just the nurturers. No, my kids are not my everything, but they're really important. And I love them so much. I'm at the point in parenting where I'm becoming like my job has changed. (laughs) Where I used to be the cruise director and tell everybody what we're doing when and how we're getting there and this is what we're doing. And then I would make sure we had food. That was a very important part for no crankiness or hangriness during the journey. Um, Right now, I'm sort of this guide and mentor right now. My 14-year-old is starting high school in the fall. And Ford and I have a really close relationship. We have the same sense of humor. So we find things really funny when we're not supposed to and get the church giggles when you're not supposed to laugh and you just can't stop. But Ford doesn't really want me to push in right now. He wants to, you know, develop a privacy of his own. Now, he has his own phone, but we've told Ford we will check your emails, your Snapchats, your Instagram, your text messages... We will check your information because, you know, we paid for you to get this phone, but also we want to protect you. So I know that you think you have privacy, but we're going to tell you you don't have privacy. But I'm not, I don't deserve a ticket to his every thought that he's ever had. And he used to just tell me absolutely everything, and it really has not been the same. He has grown quieter with me. And he doesn't want to dissect every thought he's had with me. But he still does talk to me. 
But if Ford is part of my kids are my everything, if Ford is my everything, then I have no way to get through the day because this guy that was my little buddy is kind of saying, you know, mom, I need a boundary. I'm about to be 15 and I need a boundary here. I would be crumpled in a ball of fear and worry and not be able to function if he was my everything. He's not. And even though he went to camp and he met a little girl that he's texting and he does not want to talk about it with me at all. And I'm dying to know what's going on because I'm just a gossip and I want to know what's in your brain, kid. Uh, It's not that crucial. No, he's not my everything, but he's so important. But how do I shift from being this influence on my boys' lives? Because I am still an influence. But to being a mentor and a guide and being available when there needs to be a conversation. I can't be desperate for connection with him. Because desperate for connection with him means if Ford is not telling me everything in his universe, then my day is worse. I don't know. I'm just trying to figure it out. No, he's not my everything. And then we get to Cooper. Cooper, who is this incredible soccer player. It is a joy to watch him. This season in the spring, he had 10 goals, 11 assists. He passed the ball to himself around kids and flipped over the other kid. I mean, he is just, you know, I know I'm his mama, so I'm going to watch him with more joy than anyone else, but it's a joy to watch Cooper play soccer. And the first game, it was 11-0, but Cooper didn't score a goal. And he was having kind of a temper tantrum on the field. He wanted to score a goal. His team won, but that wasn't enough for him. And he kind of did like a three-year-old temper tantrum on the side. Oh, gosh, I was so disappointed. I mean, part of the reason I love being Cooper's mom is because he's this resilient kid who's pretty positive on the soccer field. Even if they're losing, he has a positive thing. And this, he was just acting like, but I didn't make a goal, mom. I didn't make a goal. Everybody else made one, but I didn't make a goal. And I said, so it's all about you. And we're having this discussion on the field and all the parents and Cooper soccer team aren't our biggest fans anyway. And so like, I just, I'm like, ugh, like, uh, here he is. He's not, he's not being perfect. You know, Cooper's identity in my head was a little bit like the best soccer player, the best attitude. That's my kid. Well, he disappointed me in that moment. He threw this big fit. And it was a good thing I had the Lord with me because I kind of put my disappointment aside. And I said, Cooper, did your attitude affect your play? Since this playing in this game was all about you and how you did, did your attitude affect your play? He said, sure did, Mom. I said, so So the contest next week is not about what you do on the field or how many goals you score, how many assists you get. The contest is who's going to have the best attitude there. And we corrected him, and he never had that attitude problem the rest of the season. I think it was an important moment in Cooper's life. But I'm just thankful that God was there to help me say, listen, this how this kid performs on the soccer field is not your everything. Put it aside and deal with this behavior, this behavior that is not acceptable. It doesn't matter. Him being good at soccer is, is a gift from God. It's not. But his attitude, that's on me. How do I help him get through this attitude when you want to be carnal and selfish? Because that's the most important thing to help him work through. Look, you're being a little bit of a jerk right now. And that's not okay, man. You got to figure out your way through it. 
But if Cooper's my everything, then when he has a bad game, then I have a bad game. My emotions follow him. I'm just this emotional sponge. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. He's not my everything. But he is important. And then when I get to Tucker, my 10-year-old, who hasn't quite found his thing yet. He plays piano. He's played soccer. We're going to do football, this kind of thing. I don't know what his thing is. I don't think he's truly athletic. He has a really bright spirit, but he's just sort of a thinker and like a really good friend. And I could see him being a teacher when he gets older. Like, I just don't know what his bag is yet. We keep trying to figure it out. And he he's going into fifth grade. He's like, Mom, can I cuddle you? And I don't know, is it bad for him to want to cuddle me when he's 10? So, of course, I cuddle him because he's my baby. And I... But should I be pushing him? Why does he need so much cuddling from me? Am I not spending enough time with him? Am I not nurturing his soul enough? It's the question that I go to sleep with. Am I I showing up for Tucker? I know him the least. Am I showing up for him? If he needs me to hug him, and maybe he just needs that solid security. I think the pandemic took its greatest toll on Tucker. I think he had to be disappointed continually. Motherhood, it's really heavy on our shoulders. Motherhood is really heavy on our shoulders. And we can't continue thinking that our kids are everything. You you are you. You're a painter, a singer, a good house remodeler, a decorator, a wife, a friend. You need a multifaceted life. Because there will be a day when your motherhood requires most of your time. There will be a crisis in your family um, where you will have to spend more time with your kids than you needed to, or you will, it's all hands on deck situation. When your house is on fire, you got to tend to that fire. And if you have not developed the fullness of who you are, if you have not nurtured your soul, if you have not found friends or an activity that gives you joy and comfort and, and patience and just where you can look outside and look up at the blue sky and say, yes, that blue sky is for me. If you have not continually tried to find that, then that day when you have a crisis, that support system that you did not get won't be there to hold you up. My kids are not my everything. They can't be. Scripture says a lot about this on what should be our everything. When I looked up this topic of like, no, my kids are not my everything, there was a, there were a lot of authors that said, of course, your kids are not your everything, God is. And of course, that's the answer. Christ should be our everything. But I, I really, really want to delve into what that means in Scripture. Because sometimes I think that when we say, oh, Lord, take all of me away and fill me with you, we forget that Jesus is standing there waiting to fill every part of us that already exists. When Jesus is central in your life and when you're full of the Holy Spirit, it doesn't mean that you disappear. It means that the you that is standing there is filled from the tips of your fingertips to the bottoms of your hair. And you are standing not in your own strength, but you are standing in the power of Christ. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. 
And from Matthew 16, verse 21, and this is in the message, just love the way it said. This is when Jesus is talking to his disciples. Matthew 16, starting with verse 21. Then Jesus made it clear to his disciples that it was now necessary for him to go to Jerusalem, submit to an ordeal of suffering at the hands of religious leaders, be killed, and then on the third day be raised up alive. Peter took him in hand, protesting impossible master. That can never be. But Jesus didn't swerve. Peter, get out of my way. Satan, get lost. You have no idea how God works. Then Jesus went to work on his disciples. Anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. I am. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way to find yourself, your true self. What kind of deal is it to get everything you want but lose yourself? What could you ever trade your soul for? Anyone who wants to come with Jesus has to let him lead. Let him be in the driver's seat. Let me let me tell you, when you are saying, my kids are my everything, you are saying, the buck stops with me. I'm in charge of this deal. I can solve all problems. I know all things. My wisdom is what matters. I have got this completely with no help. Wouldn't it be better, my dear authentic mamas, wouldn't it be better to say, okay, Jesus, take the wheel. You're driving. Help me through this really trying time. I'm going to try to embrace it, even though it really stinks and I'm suffering and I don't like it. I can't help myself anymore. I'm so sick of me. I'm over being in charge. And that's when you would feel the hand of Christ come behind you and hold you up from your elbows and say, I have got you. I have got you, mama. I've been waiting to hold you this whole time. Yes, Jesus is my everything. I agree. But more than that, more than him just being my everything, I know that I am held by the hand of the one who created me and he is leading me right now. I don't know how to mom. This podcast is not about Amy Mulder's expertise on motherhood. I just wanted to start a conversation. That parenting's hard sometimes, and sometimes it's the most beautiful thing in the universe. And the only way to get through it is by saying, you know what? I want you to lead, Lord. And we need other people in our lives to help us know that we're trying to take over where Christ is longing to lead us. If you have to lean on your own understanding for this gig, that is a path to destruction. So my kids are not my everything, but they certainly are important. But the only way I can show up for them is by letting Jesus lead 
the only way that I can get through ninth grade where I'm not going to bail Ford out. I'm talking to myself. I'm not going to bail Ford out. He is going to have to experience what it's like to not turn things in and get a zero and he might, his GPA might not be great and oh no, and I got to let go is by letting Christ lead me through that. The only way I'm like, okay, Cooper, what are you going to do with your life? I know you want to be a country music star, but will I be giving you the right toolbox? And I don't know. And oh goodness, but I just need to let Christ lead. And Tucker, are you going to be able to stand up on your own as the youngest of three very strong brothers? Your gifts are quiet. Does anyone notice how wonderful you are, Tuck? Or is it just me? Okay, come here. Closer, 10-year-old, let me give you a hug. But there needs to be a day when I stop cuddling you. So I will let God lead. I need you, Lord, to come and fill But could you fill me right where I am, Lord? Could you fill me from the tips of my fingertips to the ends of my hair? Could you fill me with your presence that says, I am held. I am holding you, daughter. I've got you. Trust in me. Why would Christ make us mothers? give us these beautiful babies, and then say, okay, everything you are is now different. You need to lose yourself. Or did he give us these wonderful kids and create these beautiful lives in front in, in our womb, and then we get to be these moms so that we would experience the power of love and the need we need for Jesus? No, no. My kids are not my everything. Thank the Lord.